another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Before we get started, this is episode 199, so if you're tuning in for 200, gonna have to wait till next week. But 199 is presented by, of course, as always, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping international sellers and domestic sellers of all kinds save more of their hard-earned money. When it comes to paying out suppliers, manufacturers, or VAs in localized currency, or just simplistic nature, you can actually save a lot of money, time, and headache when paying with ping pong payments. So go ahead and sign up for free today. Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to catch to sign up for free and catch all of our 198 episodes that we roll out. Yes, this is 199, so that will be at, on there as well. Uh, we put all of our audio podcasts on there. We transcribe them. So if you happen to miss an episode of one of our high-level speakers, you're going to have to go there to catch all the past episodes. But that being said, this is one night we're going to be talking with a friend of the show, uh, Mina Elias of Trivium Group. But just want to give a quick preference. Again, we're we're chugging along to 200. So just want to give a quick kind of teaser before 200. It's going to happen on Monday December 20th at from noon to two. And I have a couple of people have said yes, luckily, uh, as friends of the show to hop on as a roundtable discussion. So I won't leak those yet as of now, but people are still saying yes to it, which I'm really excited for them to come back, kind of give us a recap of what 2021 looks like going into 2022 thoughts and ideas. So that's gonna be a two hour episode. Hopefully you can join us on a holiday week, holiday edition. So we'll probably get a little festive around here. That being said, um, this episode, uh, he's he's a man of many talents, I would say. Like, uh, as a former guest of the show, he's he's constantly speaking at different events. He's speaking and growing in different areas. He's known for his PPC knowledge, but he's also uh, known for growing brands and also just helping small and medium-sized businesses grow um, and, and, and call them what it is. Um, but I'm just really excited to partner him with a couple of different projects he's done. Um, I drink a lot of his products and, and use a lot of his products, but just want to bring on back onto crossover commerce to kind of round out this amazing season three, uh, Mina Elias of Trivium Group. Mina, thanks for coming back bright and early on crossover where you are. You're on the West Coast, so I appreciate you waking up early with us. All good, man. All good. Yeah, this is perfect. So I usually, so I'm, I've been up since 515. And I, I like I I like from five fifteen to like six thirty I'm like chilling relaxing then I I go to CrossFit so uh, since this is at seven I'm just gonna go to the eight forty five class which is still perfect because this is like a very nice way to start the day is to do a podcast so That's right. I'm get your mind moving and then you'll get your body moving yeah exactly exactly uh dude so ping pong payments actually I like uh, I wanna give you guys a quick shout out on your podcast because so. I, I don't know why like you guys don't talk about this more, but so I have a, a I like a, my parents are in Egypt, right? And I uh, I also just hired an employee in Egypt, and I pay my parents like every month, and I send them money, and like I've retired them, um, and it was like tough. I was paying like forty bucks a month for international transfers, or I'd have to go to Western Union, and it would like be a little bit less, um, you know. But obviously, when I want to send like more, like a few thousand, it just would get too expensive and so i hit up you and then i hit and and kenny and i'm like man I, like i hope I, like I, I thought you guys like had some sort of solution and it's insane but you can 
send money internationally for free. Like literally all I did was I signed up my business and I put my business information. I put my parents' bank account information, put my employees' bank account information. And then I, and it just sent money for free. And I, and like, I was like, USD yeah. to USD. Yeah. USD. Yeah. USD. Yeah. USD to USD. No, no, uh, no transfer, which obviously most countries now have USD uh, bank accounts. And I'm like, dude, what's the catch? But then Kenny explained how, even though you don't charge any money, it still helps the valuation of the business. And I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I said, dude, this is, you guys should be telling everyone because this is like, it's a no brainer. I have, I literally don't know any other way to send money internationally. <laughs> so I'm like, thank God now I'm saving like all like yeah. transfer fees, even it's 40 bucks, but it's still like, it's like 40 bucks that could have spent it like, you know, eating nice food or something. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a component. It's so simple. Like uh, this is what I tell people when I, when it comes to when they ask me, what do you want to talk about? And I go, well, international payments and like, oh, that, uh, I'm go, well, it's actually very simple. Like to, the, the problems that people are experiencing, it's a very simplistic nature of which how to overcome those things. Again, business to business, this isn't like paying you for pizza or like going out to dinner and stuff like that yeah. as a business transaction for people can't get much easier than this yeah. and so i was it, it's kind of simple but we appreciate the kind words so i'm glad that worked out so everything yeah. worked out and perfect it's good man it's because I've been, I was gonna say. Parents, I've been sending my parents like more and more money and i'm like dude i gotta find like some sort of scalable solution for this because it's just you know and then i hired an employee over there and i'm like dude i like it, it can't be like oh like let me just because sometimes i would like pay someone here and then they would like uh you know their parents in egypt would pay my parents so it was like very like sketchy ways of of uh sending money moving money like, around the world yeah yeah That's i'm like no, I, need, I need a scalable uh solution that that i can do from my computer not drive to western union because that's also a pain and like withdraw cash and it's crazy dude well, speaking of saving time, I mean, that, that's one of the things that we save. But you are, uh, since we've had you on the show before, um, give a, give me a quick recap. I know the last time you were on specifically, you were on my 100th show. So wow. uh, just briefly, but <laughs> I, it's like a muscle. So we're talking about working out. I, this is the phrase I've been using. You have to be, it's like working on a muscle. You just have to continuously do it, like over and over continuously. So uh, yeah. you get stronger and, and you see results later on. <laughs> I just don't look at the number every so often. But yeah. uh, what have you been up to since you've been on? Gosh, that would have been mid-2021. Uh, that Maybe right before Prosper or right after Prosper. What have you been up to? Wow. Okay, a lot of, a lot has happened since around Prosper. So uh, after Prosper, I got COVID uh, and then uh, pneumonia, and I had lung surgery. So uh, that kind of set me back. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, life-changing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, you know, made me think a lot about a lot of things. Uh, made me think about like, you know, that, uh, when I was, so when I was like really like down, uh, and I couldn't breathe and all of this stuff, it, it just like, I realized like nothing matters. Like your, your house doesn't matter. Your car doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Only your health matters. So I've really taken it up. Like three or four notches on my health. Like I have a nutrition coach now. Uh, my supplements are on point. I'm not overtraining. I'm being very, very conscious of everything that I do health-wise. Cause it's like, it was, you know, it, when I lost my health, when I was on the couch, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I, you know, I could barely eat. Um, it was like, it wasn't, it, nothing mattered. Like really nothing mattered. You know, uh, the, the, the house, the car, not, none of it mattered. So that, that's one thing. Um, and then also, you know, realizing like how fragile we are and that our time is limited and to make sure that 
like every day I'm maximizing uh, and I'm, I'm doing only what I love. And, and if I'm not, it's okay, but at least, you know, be, be aware of it, be conscious of it and work towards like uh, work doing only stuff that I love because like, what's the point of like working insanely hard and all this stuff. And, and it could have been all over like in July, it was serious. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. Like, you know, thank God we're in America and the, the doctors are incredible here, but you know, maybe uh, if, if it was something different, it could have been all over. And then, you know, what's the point of, of uh, like killing yourself and not enjoying life. And then it could be over like this. And, and it's so a couple of like realizations there. Uh, my agency took off uh, pretty, pretty well. So Trivium has been doing uh, very well. And, and uh, it's really, I love it because it's really helped me become even better at doing what I do. Because when, when I'm, when I'm um, managing my brands, it's, it's okay. Like if, if you make a few mistakes, when I'm managing other people's brands, it's like, you're competing against everyone else who wants to manage the, you know, the, the PPC for their brands. And so how can I, you know, be, be the best and how can I continue to drive better and better results? So that's helped me out a lot. Um, Cogneuros is uh, on track to launch on Amazon. We're raising $200,000 for it. So once we get that um, done, we're, we're going to, we've opted to do a much more aggressive launch versus like the, so I've launched, obviously my first launch was 500 bucks and then I've launched products for 5,000 and 10,000 and 20,000. And I think, uh, I think like, yeah, money will make things better. Like, sure. I could do it with uh, with like 30 or $40,000 and you will get reviews and it'll have some nice velocity. But if we really want to make like a, a splash and, and hit like bestseller and all of that kind of stuff and really grow it to, you know, multiple eight figures. I feel like having that capital right off the bat is going to help a lot. And, and why not? Like, you know, I have done the, the, you know, smaller launches before, so it's time to, to try something new. Um, so that, that's kind of like a quick update. Quick update. You you say that and like that. That's uh, just one of those things. I mean, first of all, we're we're I'm um, I'm super happy to know that you're like doing well. And I, I think a lot of people weren't aware when you were when you got hit. I mean, obviously hit with that with COVID, super serious in that nature. But did that did that? It sounds like it changed like your not just your life perspective, but your business perspective too. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, I'm I'm now like yeah. I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm no longer doing anything. I'm saying no a lot more. And I'm no longer doing anything that like doesn't make me happy. And so every day, like I, I'll, I'll do like a quick mental review. And I say like, could I have done something today that I wanted to more than what I was doing? And if the answer is yes, um, then it's like you, I'm not on the right track. And I have to constantly course correct. Um, so that's kind of, you know, kind of that's that's what it, it uh, showed me is like life is short. Like you could your health could go at any time. Um, this was, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it could have been avoided a little bit better if like I wasn't a prosper and we weren't staying out late and all this stuff. And I went to the doctors earlier, things like that. So I kind of did like what everyone else would do. If you get sick, you just stay home. I did the same thing, except when the fluid was building up around the lung, it's not something that your body's going to resolve on its own. So no. I needed a lot of antibiotics and a lot of that kind of stuff. And eventually I needed the surgery. So, um, you had what's called pleurisy. Yeah, I know it very well. Yeah, yeah, my wife had a double lung transplant too, and I've and I'm into this to people too. Of we had that when in the first six months that we were married, she had a double lung transplant. So that again, life changing, 
I, 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 I'm right there with you. Not to, not to one up you or anything like that. I, yeah. I, I see, I see, I see the, the superhero human that is my wife uh, on a day to day basis. So like yeah. other person, you can look introspectively, which again, I'm, I'm just so glad people are able to get say, I mean, the technology of medical, Dude, you know, that, that's a whole, <laughs> a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I'm very, that. very grateful that the technology has gotten us to this point because it's really wonderful, like what they can do and how, like, I, I have three, like maybe two inch scars. That's it. And and it's like this. The incisions and probably, are super small. Yeah. Yeah. Like tiny. And, but they went in with like equipment. They had to like scrape stuff out. So I'm like, wow. Um, I was, when I was in the, in the ER, when I got admitted and, and the day before the surgery, the guy was saying. It, when I was in med school, we'd have to cut you open from your chest to your stomach yeah. and break a couple of ribs to get in there. And I said, well, I'm glad I wasn't born like 30 years ago. Well, so. that, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and how they do um, transplants too. They also go, I mean, again, we're, we're going off on a rail here, but like they squeeze it in like an organ, right? And it's just like, it's all filled with air. They just push it in and it inflates. But yeah, it's super small incision and they don't have to break open anything anymore. And it's it's a really cool process too. Yeah. So medical, man, if I wasn't in, if I had the, if I had the focus to be in the medical field and I wasn't just like, not squeamish, but like that stuff is super serious. It's just, yeah. yeah, people are talking about just like the massive exodus of medical field, which I hope is not the case. Hopefully there's a new wave of like, I want to overachieve and come overcome this. But is that, is that make your brand, I guess, going back to the business aspect of like what you do in the supplement space, the health and wellness space, kind of being in that aspect, does that make it even more important to have like a mission or be yeah. more prominent and more focused now front uh, with your brands? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I've always been uh, like the, the important thing for me was to have a really good formula and, uh, and, and really good products and not cut corners. Um, and that's only taking it you know, uh, like a step further where it's like, okay, I really have to be cognizant of what I do and I cannot in any way, uh, like even if people say like, I'm okay with X, Y, and Z in my supplements, it's like, no, like I, because I know that this is gonna, you know, even if it hurts you 0.01% in the long term, everything adds up, everything we do, you know, that every time you, you eat out and every time you have a snack and I'm not saying don't do it, we're human, we, we want to, uh, but it's like, if I can kind of not contribute to, to any of that, I will. And so it's, it's becoming much more important. And now whenever I look at a supplement uh, that I consume, because I obviously consume a lot of other people's supplements too, and I'm very, very aware of where it came, how trustworthy is the source. Um, and and it's, it's just like I'm, I'm a lot more paranoid about uh, taking supplements now uh, and the formulas that I make. So, uh, and if anyone's out there listening, FYI, the FDA does not regulate supplements. I could literally go and take some flour, rice flour, put it in pills and sell it to you as whatever you want, vitamin C, uh, elderberry, whatever, whatever you, you want. And no one will ever catch me until I'm making millions. And then someone decides to kind of like do some tests on my stuff, takes it. As long as I don't sell on, in like Whole Foods or whatever, even if I sell in Whole Foods, I could probably get away with forging documents and, and what, unless they do like random batch third-party testing, which is pretty expensive because testing one product is like at least, thousand dollars so you know how many products do they carry on the shelf how often are they going to spend like a million dollars a month testing randoms of products i don't think so so it's um it like be very careful be very very careful of where your products come from and um you know just do as much research as possible well in, in that case like 
obviously it's a scary notion to think that it's a not re- well again the regulation thing is, is not in our control what is in the control of the consumer or the buyer uh of someone of supplements what, what did they need to look for in that regards like on amazon or or not on amazon how do you what are the verifications or the things that they need to look for to make sure like what i'm taking is actually what i'm expecting yeah so the, the first thing is like read the label right a lot a lot of people uh, like the first thing is if you have acesulfame potassium, acesulfame potassium is is the reason things taste incredibly well. And I've actually seen it where my, my manufacturer said, here's your product with nothing, right? Just stevia or whatever. And it takes double the amount of fillers to make it taste good. So if you have uh, like two grams of active ingredients, you need two grams of fillers or, or, or like, or two, two grams of sugar. Um, then he's like, here, here's, here is the product with acesulfame potassium. And it's literally like this. It puts a little bit of acesulfame potassium and it's like, it tastes like heaven. And, uh, it, you know, it's like, you know, the, the what do they call it? Not GMO, but um, MSG. Oh, like yeah, MSG. MSG for, yeah. uh, for like for Chinese like food or ramen something. And yeah, it's, it's like the same thing. So um, that's number one. Look at, read the labels. It, it should be, um, and, and uh, you can be okay with your stuff, not tasting that great. Like you maybe add some, like a little bit of peanut butter, uh, or whatever, or, or, you know, something like, or if you're going to do a, a drink, that's like a fruity drink, add some fresh orange juice or add some limes or something. And, and uh, yeah, like opt in for like the natural source of, of sweetener and flavoring versus the, oh, like I'm, I'm drinking like rainbow candy a pre-workout or whatever but if you look at most of the the good tasting proteins you look at most of the good tasting pre-workouts uh bcas they all have acesulfame potassium which is a carcinogen you can go and, and look at the research so that's number one look out for that chemical um and and any other like you know suspicious uh sounding chemicals uh sucralose is is you know it, it's uh not the sure. best not the worst but it's kind of like an in-between um you know so that's number one number two is i would say like look for um don't don't look at just like hey there's like an article about this product out there or whatever see like where they are are they in like multiple kind of organic uh places that require uh you to to show some testing um do they have any third-party testing out there there's there's a couple of websites that do randomly do third-party testing for products and they're pretty good because what they do is you pay four thousand dollars and they will randomly buy your products from different places and and then test them and say we randomly bought his product from here we tested it this was you know it matched and you know the four thousand dollars portion of it goes to the lab and the rest is, is profit for them building like that that entire like website and authority. So um, things like that, you know, it, it, like see how many uh, hoops they, the companies had to jump through to get their products into places uh, where they have to show testing and things like that. So um, it, I think internationally sometimes is good. Like if you look, if they're based in the US and they, they're shipping to Canada and stuff like that, there's also certain things that they need. I don't know how often Canada uh, expects you to to do it, uh, but also if they have like any public testing uh, out there. So even I don't have that kind of stuff. It, it is expensive, but um, you know I trust my own stuff, and and uh, so that's why. And I, I I would love to do it. It's just very expensive. So th- if there's people out there that are 
showing how they're, you know, doing third-party testing. You can ca call the labs and say, hey, did you guys actually test the stuff? Because um, I've also caught people putting out third-party testing that's forged. And then you, the lab is like random, uh, you know, and you don't know where it is or whatever. So just be careful of things like that. So it's, it's uh, yeah, the, the main main point being get 90% or 90, no, 99% of everything you need from food. And then go get 1% from supplements because supplements only supposed to supplement your diet. So right. it's not going to make you lose fat. It's not going to make you build muscle. Uh, but for me, like I take some protein because I, I'm trying to hit like a, a certain protein goal a day and I'm eating a lot of food. But it's just like, OK, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of extra boost. Um, you know, I'm taking certain like, uh, you, you know, uh, like liver and, and intestine, like uh, supplements. I'm taking like some probiotics. But I'm, I'm trying to eat kimchi all the time for probiotics. I'm trying to eat like, uh, you know, kefir or whatever it's called for probiotics or, or, or drink it. So it's things like that. I'm trying to get most of it from my diet from, yeah, from my regular diet and then some of it from the supplements. And as a person selling supplements, I'm telling you this. No, I well, and, and that's the honest truth is like it's supposed to supplement. And again, it's the stuff like vitamin C, like you don't always drink like orange juice or like oranges on a day-to-day basis. So like that thing is yeah. supposed to help you again, mean boosting and things like that. Um, I, I think there's just so many cool, you know, um, gosh, there's like, I see supplements with like the, vi oh, man, there was one that was recent. It's like, it's all the vitamins and supplement or like the nutrition in like a drink. I think it's like, uh, it's a powder or gosh, darn it. I forget what the brand is, but I, I started noticing it more and more that people are, you know, just like drinks and things like that too. But in the supplement space, I know there's constantly lots of people who are understanding of why is it so competitive? Like, and I think I've asked you this question before. Why is supplements so competitive? Is it just the cost of like the margins are so high be, so you can compete like that? Or why why get in the space and why is it so darn competitive? Okay, a few things. Number one, it's not hard. Uh, like, like I just told you, you can literally do whatever and like sell it. It, it depends how, how ethical you are, right? So it's not hard to, to kind of get in there. It's a need. So like there's a few things, right? that um that are like that humans will always be uh incentivized by and it, it, and will always buy right it's like health it's uh like financial it's uh like love i think there's like a few of them right um and so that's why supplements will always be around because like people want the shortcut for their health they don't want to put in the hard work uh, of like losing fat by training and dieting. They just want to take a fat burner. They don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to do all this work and figuring out what foods are good for their diet and uh, what are not. So they'll take like a, something to prevent bloating. And so it's a need it, 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 like people, it's a, it's a need for people. They're always going to want it. So that's number one. Number two, you can, you can get away with doing it for cheap and it's a massive market cap. And, um, it, it really, it depends on on you know how well you can market it. Number four, it's it's it is easy to make because you have a lot of United States manufacturers where you can go and say, "What? Give me some of your stock formulas." And they're like, "We have this and this and this and this," and you can take their stock formulas and then market it as, you know, better for you this that. Um, there's a lot of shady th stuff that happens, but but it is like look at any niche where people need that stuff a lot. It's very competitive and there's a lot of shady sh like stuff going on there. So 
um, that's that's kind of why a lot of people get into it. You can make a lot of money and you can the, the, you can be shady. Um, but then also on the flip side, right? Um, you can you can impact the world uh, significantly. So if you come up with like really good products that help people, um, like I think Cognural, it, it can like really impact the world because um, yeah, hard work is good for athletes. But if we're talking about like the general people, if you're drinking a cup of coffee a day, okay, it's okay. But like if you feel like you're dependent on coffee or you take two or three cups a day, this is like definitely going to help. It's going to help with your stress, your adrenal fatigue, a lot of these things. So this is something that can really like is going to give you energy. It's going to be better for you. Um, it has no nothing bad in it for you. So it's it has a, like it has none of the negative, all of the positive of coffee. It's just something that can make the world like a better place. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, I wish I could go somewhere. Um, like I, I love on a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, su- Sunday, whatever, to go somewhere, get a nice, uh, like iced coffee, like it tastes good and, and take a walk in the sun. And I'm like, why, why can't I do that with something that's supercharged? So like, even if it's just coffee, coffee, but with this and this and this and this that helps, you know, and there's one place that does this in, in, um, LA in, in Venice, it's called Moon Juice. Moon Juice is a massive like supplement brand, and they have they opened up their own cafe. And you go there and you can get smoothies and shakes and juices, whatever, that are all supercharged with their supplements. And I'm like, there should be way more places just like this. There should be way more places that open up and they're serving better for you, whatever you usually get. So if you're gonna get a tea, it's a better for you tea. If you're gonna get a, a whatever, it's a better for you. I know we're going off topic here, but this is kind of my thoughts. No, we're good. No, it's uh no the 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 space the space. This is how I see it always with people who own brands, which you have multiple. Which again, Cognural, it's it's by my coffee, and I look at it every day, and I go. So it's one of those days. It's like this is what I really want, and I use Cognural, and so as a person who uses it, my wife loves it, um, and she she can only drink decaf coffee because the caffeine, it, you know, it can only be so much for her, and it helps. In, in certain health aspects, like it, it's just too much for people, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it, it was so cool. And she's like, no, this is a great product. Like, I mean, it's sustainable. I love the packaging that you did, by the way. The I don't know if it's who did it, but it was like in a case and it was like with a gold, it had some gold like uh, accents with oh. it. it. Yeah, spoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. I thought it was really cool. I don't think it was actually gold. If it was, then that better no. be going to like a king or something. That. <laughs> that was so really basically, cool. Basically, we had this conversation. Um, and I see so many people sending products to influencers and I'm like, dude, I've tried sending products to influencers and I get zero feedback or like minimal, minimal feedback. I don't get like that whole influencer thing. So why are other people doing it so well? And she's an influencer. So four Sigmatic and, 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 uh, renewed and like a bunch of like these big brands send her packages every week. Um, she's not massive or anything, but she has like 20,000 followers on Instagram. So she said, well, it's because your packaging sucks. Uh, you're literally sending an Amazon box with a product. And, and I said, okay, like, what should I do? She's like, this is her passion. So she's like, don't worry, um, I got you. And so she went, she ordered boxes. She ordered these golden, like tiny spoons. She ordered, o- ordered these golden uh, bars that are actually like fridge magnets. And um, cool. she made this like beautiful looking box. So she has a machine that can kind of, uh, cut into uh, cardboard. So she gets the cardboard, she traces out the products, 
she cuts it in and then everything like a cricket or something like that yeah yeah and everything gets placed perfectly in there and then you know she puts a, a like a nice little piece of like cloth on it so it looks very um like expensive and she's like this is this is how you prevent and we have a card that says liquid gold uh and in the back it's like a handwritten note so i'm like yeah, like if I, I mean, this it wasn't expensive to do, right? I paid her money, and I, you know, um, and I, and then I, pay, but obviously, I saved myself a lot of time, like, um, and she's way cheaper than I am in terms of like, <laughs> and so balling on a budget, exactly. And then uh, I, I, uh, I spent a little bit of money on these packages, but when I gave them to someone, it was like a wow experience. It was, it was a really you know, a, a, a massive unboxing and everyone wanted to kind of take a, a video and a picture and share it and all this kind of stuff. And when you post about it on TikTok or whatever, it, it can go viral because it looks like super cool. Um, and so people are like, even if people are like, oh, they don't have any of these and we can put it on the website. We can say, here's the gold box on the website, but uh, it's, it's sold out, for example, you know, just, just to, so people are like, oh, damn, it's sold out. But I get these website visits. I'm pick, if, if I'm able to pixel them, I'm pixeling them. Um, if they if they watch my ad, uh, so there's something called whitelisting where I can essentially get an influencer, um, who, you know, has a nice face or whatever, and then have them create an uh, like an unboxing experience, and then I can use their account and run ads through their account. So when they show up on your feed, it shows like Mina Elias, and it's like guys, like check this out. Cognor just sent me this box. And so, and then anyone who watches that video, number one, it doesn't look invasive because it's not from a brand, it's from a person, it is sponsored still. Number two, they're watching that video and I'm like, okay, these people were interested and I can start retargeting them with ads like, you know, because they watched that video, I can send another video, maybe a video about uh, the the mission of the business and, and like the founder and something like that. And it's like, you know, coffee socks and whatever, you know, and then I can hit them with another ad. And so... And that's what my media media buyer does. Like he he starts with prospecting and we try and like have the and I'll tell you this, like if you put a product in their face, the CPMs are super high and and it's the, the click through rate uh, is not as well as good. But when you put something very native uh, like right there, like it's like, oh, Mina's unboxing something. Even if you don't know me, you're like, oh, this guy is unboxing. It seems like a cool guy. You and you and you watch it. So we're able to get the CPMs way low, the cost per click way low. And then in, in the middle of the funnel, uh, which is the retargeting through video views and, and, you know, we're warming them up more to our brand. And then in the bottom of the funnel where we're sending them to, uh, to convert, our conversion rates are looking better. Our, our costs are looking better. So when we look at a, a blended ROAS for the entire funnel, it makes sense. Like we're able, and, and this is without lifetime value. So even if I can make a little bit of profit on the front end, then with the lifetime value, the email marketing and, and SMS and all of this stuff and subscription, I can be very profitable. So that's kind of why I went with the whole box experience is because if I can use that for ads and, and if I can get people talking about the product, that's more than enough for me. Well, it worked for me. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Hey, I, I no, I think like, even if he did that and you, you said it was limited, limited edition or something like that, and people even upcharge themselves, right? Like, gosh, you can pay an extra 25 bucks or something like that, or call it a gift wrapping, whatever. And you're like only 50 available for the holiday season. Like it's still something that you can add on anytime. Yeah. If you, if you truly choose, um, at scale again, I know that's time, money and effort that, uh, 
your girlfriend or her business or whomever yeah. is doing that would have to put into it. That's super cool for the influencer side of things. I had this thought yesterday and you're, you're the guy who is constantly talking about, uh, PPC. Um, and I have this notion, uh, there is a report that says like for, for fees on Amazon, right. Um, mm -hmm. it's like 34% of sellers are taking, or they're sending fees to Amazon and that's broken down into like FBA that's broken down into PPC or a couple different things. Like they, they yeah, compiled it all together. Fee, the FBA referral fee, fee, everything like that. Yeah, exactly. 34% way higher. Uh, it, it's actually gone up, I think since like 4% just in two years or so. So it's yeah. continuing to increase higher and higher. People are talking about PPC continuing to escalate. Um, I'm, I'm curious, one, do you think that trend can hit, continues to go higher just because of the nature of competition? But two, is there going to be a notion that because Amazon calls it optional. It's an optional service, even though people know you have to have PPC to be viable on Amazon. Is there going to be some outside outside influencer marketing or some side outside of marketing that's going to outweigh the costs of PPC on Amazon? Do you think that will happen or think that will happen anytime soon or not at all? No, no, I, I think you have to win. Uh, so here's the thing, right? Like I, I'm, I have like efforts off of Amazon um so okay if you build strong enough backlinks to your your website and amazon and there's people looking for you everywhere there, there's articles about you there's videos about you on youtube there's you know podcasts about you all of this kind of stuff you eventually you can build organically big enough to where okay now now the the cost of ppc is is managed or you don't need to worry about it too much but we're talking like really big brands and a lot of investment. So I'm talking like there's, if you go and look at the internet, there's thousands of, of things pointing to you, whether your website or Amazon. And you'll notice that when you type your name, uh, your brand name on Amazon, you can go to Helium 10 and look at it. There, there will be some decent search volume. So, which indicates that there's a lot of people looking for you. So that's when I would say, the organic side of things and that's everyone's mission right but let me ask you this um what's a brand that you know like this off the top of your head a brand yeah I mean, just, any brand i, any, I, I use i use this experience all the time rolex Ro okay no no i mean uh, uh brand on amazon regular yeah you're not buying rolexes every day like <laughs> you know think think like whatever uh, nike uh, uh yeah um, yeah, I, yeah, I would say like, or yeah, maybe like Nestle. Allbirds or something like that. Yeah, Allbirds. something like Nestle or General Mills or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, so if you go on outside and you look at them, they you type in Nike, you'll see like I get at least like a million things, whether it's podcast or YouTube or whatever. But they're still bidding on Amazon, so it tells you something, right? It tells you like, so why would such a giant still bid on Amazon? for ppc because it, it like it it never ends number one number two i personally believe that amazon brings you the warmest traffic so like it would be a mistake not to uh, bid because like i'm going in there and i'm saying i want like lifting shoes lifting shoes i don't know if adidas has the best lifting or nike has the best lifting shoes but i just want lifting shoes so i go in there i type in lifting shoes and then i i'm gonna buy lifting shoes now, if Nike is there organically, that's cool. If Adidas has headline search ads, a couple brand, a video, 
sponsored at the top and the, and i'm gonna be like wow like the adidas 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 even though it doesn't make sense why nike could be the better one but i saw adidas 10 times they're circling so, the drain yeah so exactly. i'm, I'm uh, gonna click on it and then once i clicked on it now they're running dsp and they're retargeting me so they're retargeting me on uh, now i'm gonna go read an article somewhere online wow i see the adidas shoe that i was looking at Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go on YouTube. Wow, I see this Adidas thing that I that I was looking at. So that's that's like the reason that they're doing paid is number one. You know, when someone on Amazon has high buyer intent and they're looking for something, like you want to be right there and say, "Hey, we have the best thing for you." So I don't think PPC is ever gonna go away. Like I and and I think, but if you're like maybe on the smaller side and you're saying, "Well, I want to get to a point where I don't have to run PPC or I can run PP just a little bit of PPC, just enough." So you have to at least spend a year very aggressively, like take whatever PPC budget you have and spend it on organic stuff that has like a high domain ranking uh, that's going to give you a lot of backlinks to your website and to Amazon. And so, you know, hit up a bunch of articles and say, you know, what is it going to take for us to talk about it, for you guys to talk about me? Like, can I give you products? Can I do whatever? But all of this is going to cost money. So it just depends, like, where you want to put your money. The the thing with the PPC, and I can totally see this, is, it, like, there's a ROAS attached to it. You can say, I spent $10, I made $25, 2.5, you know, 2.5x ROAS, um, and that's it. Like, I put in 10, I got 25. It's easy. You can calculate it when you talk to your CFO or whatever, or you talk to your financial person. Uh, you know, you can you can validate it. You can say, yeah, we spent the, the $10,000. We made $25,000. But then, you know, once you get bigger, like I've seen these companies, we get bigger and, and I'm like, yeah, well, what if you invested 10 grand a month doing this thing? And they're like, but what's the return? And I'm like, well, you can't quantify the return because I can't tell you what a YouTube video is going to do for your brand. But I can tell you if you have a thousand YouTube videos and then there's all these people like looking for you and your products are going to rank organically. Uh, people are going to look for you. They're going to buy. And then you can say, okay, we spent, you know, $50,000 or let's say $60,000 getting these videos. And then what's our revenue looking like? What's our search uh, volume looking like? What's the sessions to our listings? What are they looking like? And so on. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it can be done, but it's again, where are you going to put your money and where can you feel like the, the return on investment is there? A lot of people, they want to see, I put in a dollar for PPC, I got two and a half dollars. No one wants to see, I, I spent six months or, or a year doing these things and I don't know if there's going to be a return or if there is, like, it's not very easily quantifiable. Makes sense. Like billboards. I'm, I'm sure, like, if, I'm sure if well, I talk It's marketing to, in general. Well, it's marketing in general, yeah. right? Uh, a lot of people never understood. Again, trackability has made a lot of people... I would say they would make a lot of people the focus has gone on a, a, a couple of different things, right? Like the, the passive nature, what a brand awareness is like, yeah. you can't quantify it all the time. Like in a podcast, you can only look at downloads, but you don't know the actual value that like might drive their buyer intent. Right. It could be like, you have that conversation about ping pong payments. Now 10 people go and sign up for ping pong payments. They don't know why, but it's because me and Elias said something on a podcast. And you'll never There's know. no like connect yeah. like offset, but like, on a billboard and like you're talking about like it, it, there's all these disconnects sometimes like you can't always quantify exactly the source of that pushes them over the edge so that that's why i'm kind of curious of like because money's attached to it and you can kind of see that quantifiable nature of yeah if i put in ten thousand, is it going to actually 
have that significant bump or growth, but is, or is the metric always going to be 10,000 to is going to give me a hundred thousand or is going to be a hundred. I put in a hundred thousand. It's going to give me a million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the ratios are still the same. Do you ever see that with businesses of the more I just throw into PPC, it's, it, it may not just give me incremental growth. It's just giving me revenue growth. It's, you, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yes, 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 yes. So this happened to me actually. So I, there's one product that I was doing like $70,000 a month, uh, in revenue and the take home, was I think like between fifteen to twenty thousand um, in profit. So after everything's you know on the PL, uh, after all is said and done, the gross profit was about fifteen to twenty thousand. And then I said, you know what? Like let me scale this down. And I scaled it down, and the revenue went down from like seventy to like thirty five forty. And the take home was like you know uh, right around kind of like maybe a couple thousand dollars lower uh, on the PLs. And I said, so what was it worth it? Like that I kept kind of the velocity uh, really high, but the profits were the same. And I had to, like my cash flow cycle, like I don't have a negative cash flow cycle. If it was negative, who cares, right? Um, but it is slightly positive, which means by the time I put the money down to the time the, the money comes back to me from Amazon, there is a positive you know, amount of days. And so the more I'm growing, the more cash I need to put in before I get that cash back. Um, and with with supplements, it's a little bit competitive, and and sometimes like because of the rising cost per clicks, the the number the dollar amount in profit goes down. But then I asked, so personally for me, I was like, I saw that the revenue was growing and the profit wasn't growing that much, and so I asked uh, Tomer actually about it, and he said, well, he prefers that higher revenue number because it's still clients and brand awareness and market share and uh, all of these are potential. Uh, reviews that can be converted. And I said, okay, you make a really good point. Um, so you have to balance the two. There's really no right or wrong answer, but you know, you could be nice and profitable without having to reorder so many times, or you could continue to grow that revenue and be, you know, just slightly bit more profitable, uh, have a, a, a higher velocity, but then at the same time, you can get more market share, more reviews. Um, you know, so I don't know, market share matters if investors are looking at you. Um, you know, profitability matters for when you're exiting, uh, or something like that. So it really depends on like where you are in the business and like, what, what can you do? Can you, do you have access to capital? If you do have access to capital, continue to scale as much as possible. And then hopefully you get to a point where, you know, through using that capital, you're able to, you know, hit 150, 200 in revenue and, and you're able to maintain, you know, that that money that comes in, you know, because you used some capital, now you got to a point where that money that's coming in can fund your next order and so on and so forth. Um, but I think that's a, also a perfect segue into like living off your online business because this is something- Finally getting I, to our topic, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, so yeah, I, I think that's a, so the thing is like, no one really talks about this. And, and um, for me, it bothered me a lot. Why? Because I thought that when I started my, my business, my supplements business, like I was going to be able to live off of it. So as I realized, like I made, you know, $10,000, uh, I got whatever money back after Amazon paid me, I had to put it into more inventory when I hit 20 and 30. And it was just kept this, put more money into inventory, put more money into inventory, put more. Okay. So I got to a point, okay, maybe I'm not putting more money into inventory, but I, I needed to put money into my website. I need to put money into Facebook ads. I need to put money here. I need to pay this guy to do this thing. And so it eventually got to a point where it's like, and, and people will tell you profit first. Okay. But let me, let me finish. It's 
profit first is, is so easy to say, right? Just take profit first for yourself. But okay, but like what kind of lifestyle you want? Like you want a lifestyle where you can take 10% of your profits. And then what if your profits are 10,000? You're okay with living off a thousand a month? Like, so profit first doesn't really solve the problem. Yeah, it's it's good. It's right. It's the right way to do business because you're you're kind of incorporating profits into the equation early on. But the point is like I, I grew the business and, and it was making significant amount of revenue, but I was not taking home anything. Like I, I was taking home, like initially I was taking home $4,000 and then I started taking home like $6,000 a month to pay for my bills. And, and at, at that point, like the high, during the highs, it was nice. During the lows, it was bad. And my, and, and the growth of my business really stalled. So hard work could have been a lot bigger, but like all of that money that I took to live off of, um, you know, th that could have been new products that could have been, if I, I could have launched uh, one new product every two months easily, right. Living off of, you know, 6,000 a month, that's 12 grand. I could have put into a new product. And, then, and if only three of them, uh, like succeeded, the, the business would have been way bigger, but you know, because of, of having to live off of that, I couldn't do it. So a lot of people go into this business. Now it's even more competitive. Amazon FBA is like way more competitive. So I, I, uh, went on this. So, okay. Another backstory. So this was happening and I was living off of $6,000 in Los Angeles and now $6,000 back then, a thousand and a half of them went to student loans. So I was actually living off of four and a half thousand dollars a month. So, I mean, four and a half thousand dollars a month in Los Angeles is not much. Your rent is like, you know, whatever my rent was, I was living in a 10 by 10 bedroom. My rent rent was 1100 a month. And then a little bit for the car payment, like 300 for the car payment, hundred for the phone, this, that. And then it's like, okay, cool. I'm able to live. I have my freedom and all this stuff. I could go live in like Egypt and like ball out. But if I wanted to live like a nice, like, like the, the entrepreneur dream, right. The, 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 the travel everywhere, uh, first class, like nice hotels, all this stuff, experiences, um, maybe a nice house and a nice car. Like you can't, it didn't make it to me. There was, there was no path. So, um, I started a second business. Uh, it was a women's supplement brand that I eventually sold. And I tried to do that. And, and, uh, again, you know, it was like, okay, it was taking away from hard work. Uh, and so my time was, and, and again, it didn't make that much more money. I was like, I should have just launched another product here and whatever profits came out of that product. I could have, instead of recreating an entire brand, I could have just launched a different product and, and then took the profits off of that one. So that didn't work. Um, and then I tried like a few other things. Consulting is great, right? Because it pays by the hour, but then my time was tied to my, uh, my, my money was tied to my time. So it wasn't scalable. And it, I would have literally had to, you know, do four hours of consulting a day or whatever to get to a, a nice point. And then if I'm doing that, then I'm working eight hours on my business. So now you're trapped. This is not financial freedom. This is okay. It's just a really high paying job. You can go on wall right. street, you can become a lawyer, whatever. You can become a doctor. You know, doctors. The, my my friend is a surgeon. He gets paid really well, but he's working like crazy hours, twelve hour shifts, and sometimes he's like, sometimes he's like, yeah, I just uh, it's seven thirty in the morning. He's like, yeah, I just finished my shift at the hospital. I'm like, dude, this is not a life that I want to live, right? It, 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 like where your time is very tied to how much money you're making. So then I'm like, okay, dude, 
what is going on? Like I see some people that are very successful living off of their business. And then I see other people that are, you know, not. And then I see myself and I'm like, if these people can live off of their business, like what gives? And so, um, like uh, I'm going to discuss the the things that I found. So I've asked a lot of people who I think people right now, if they're not really like, if they don't have a high income, they probably won't answer the question. But I asked a lot of people, say, how much money are you able to take home like right now and spend? Like how much do you spend a month? And so, uh, you know, the, the, the people who aren't making that much won't answer. People who are making like, you know, p- people who are spending like 20 grand a month, you know, or whatever, th- those are, are the people that kind of answered it pretty comfortably. And I'm like, I want you to go back in time. And so the first e- example was there was this guy. He has a, a 10 or 15 million uh, a year uh, supplement brand right now. He's living off of uh, $250,000 a year. So he owns a, a $15 million company living off 250 grand a year. And uh, <clears throat> he told me he started his first brand and he kind of like lived off of like nothing, 30 grand, like, you know, one of those stories like mom's basement type of shit. Um, like, uh, you know, he lived off right. of 30 grand, little bit of money, whatever. And then he, he put in like hours and hours and hours and hours and, and killed himself and then grew that company enough to sell it. And then once he sold it for a few million, he, he had like, he could live off of a hundred grand for like the next four years. And then he built his next business, uh, to like 5 million or whatever, uh, sold that. And then that's how his income scaled. But, but mind you right now, his income is is it still 250 grand a year? And um, this is after he built like that kind of company. And then I start t- uh, talking to some other people too. So I have another friend who has a $12 million or, or no, no, like it has to be over 13 million because um, he's in this thing called YPO where you make over 13 million, but um, he's living off of 400 grand. And I'm like, okay, so, so let's go back. Like, how did you do it? He's like, oh, well, I have like this, uh, you know, service uh, company that my I'm like, you know, 40% and my partner 60% and he does all the work and he gets a full-time salary and that pays for everything. So uh, so he was able to use that money from a previous service-based business. Um, and then he was living off that. He, was, he had his business. He took money from there, put it into his business, grew it, grew it, grew it, you know, and then he grew that. Once he grew his business to over 10 million, now he's saying 400,000. So I'm like, okay, there we go. You know, it's like now, now the picture is, is becoming clear. So, um, I asked, like, I kept asking people these questions I said, how are you living off your business? And, and honestly, like there's only two scenarios that, that I found are pretty common. The first scenario is the, the first guy you live off 30 grand until you make it big. And then, you know, whatever, go to, go to either live abroad or, or go live at your parents, minimize expenses, invest every single dollar into the business, you know, take out like whatever SB loans or anything that's a low interest, low, just grow the business as fast as possible until it can pay you a fair salary. And then the real money is when you exit. Cause if he does exit his, his 15 million brand, let's say he exits for like 20 million, he has a, a partner. So he would make 10 million. So once you have 10 million, okay. Maybe you can spend, you know, 300 grand a year. I think 300, 400 grand is still like a lot of money. So, but anyways, like he can spend that money while investing his other money into something um, that will make him a lot of money. And, and I think 
uh, Adam, Adam, uh, who sold uh, to Perch for 100 million, um, he said something like, if you put 10 million into something right now, uh, like something like safe or whatever, it'll give you at least like 100,000 a year um, of salary. So you can do nothing. You just put your money somewhere and it gives you a hundred grand a year. So there, there's like something like that, right? Where you make the big exit and then something pays. Um, and then the other situation uh, that I found is it's like a, a service uh, uh, where it's a monetized, something monetizable um, and, and it's like a scalable service. So you learn a skill, you start selling that skill and then you hire, you know, start hiring people. They offload portions of that service that you're offering you're you know you're making the same amount of money but you're offloading the work to someone you build a team now they're as good as you you continue to scale it and now you're at a point where you have an asset just like your your product-based business it's not it's very it's much 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 harder to scale a service-based business however if your service-based business is making you five hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue is there's a high chance that it's 70 percent profit and that 70% profit, you could probably take half of it comfortably, no problem, because you don't need to reinvest that much. Because every time you reinvest, it's you hire an employee that can add revenue to your business. So every it's like it's not like you're reinvesting into a product that's gonna take six months to a year to kind of like break even and start becoming really profitable to a point where you can pull money with an employee you hire with a service-based business. So that's kind of what I've found, like there's, I'm sure there's other ways, but for people that are like getting into this business, it, you know, if you, if you feel like me, right, like I have this product-based business, I'm growing it, uh, you know, when am I going to be able to live off of it? That's kind of what I found, right? It's going to, you're, you're going to have to either, you know, hunker down, get it to really big. And then when you pull out a hundred grand a year, 200 grand a year, it's not impacting your bottom line. You're able to, you know, leverage like loans and whatever because your revenue is so high and you can continue to grow without you know worrying about like oh, i'm taking 100 200 to live off of or you know some some sort of like service side that can then fund your life because the pro the really like what i've seen is the product-based business is amazing because of the exit because you can grow it grow it grow it and think about it you let's say you make one product and liquid iv I think they hit a hundred million. They're an electrolyte company. They hit a hundred million with once, I think one skew. So they had an electrolyte powder, like 16 packets or whatever. I'm a fan. And I have them in my closet right yeah. or in my pantry right now. Yeah. I'm a fan of the business. You know, I'm a big, big fan of the guy. Like he's incredible what he's been able to accomplish. And he's a hustler as well. Like I've heard uh, his stories on his podcast, but you know, with one product, it's just like, Okay, we're selling in in this Whole Foods now. We're selling in ten. Now we're selling in a hundred. Now we're selling in a thousand. Now we move to this uh, retail. Now we move online, and it's literally with one product. It's just selling more and more and more. So you're able to really scale the revenue significantly to a point where you know you're doing like this hundred million dollar or yeah, I think he exited for three hundred million dollars. So a three hundred million dollar exit when the business is doing a hundred million in revenue versus with a service-based business, usually like it's very rare. Like it, you can count it on like your hands, like how many companies are exiting for like that 50 million, like number stuff like that. Like, you right. have to, like buy box experts is like a, a, an example, like where they're like really massive, like that's a really big exit. Um, you know, but there's so many more like C well, the components are people. There's a lot more components yeah. to it. It's yeah. a high, it's a, 
it's a high floor, low ceiling play. Um, yes. But again, it's like almost like that half step in your portfolio of. But but and, here's the thing, yeah. right? It, it's it's a it's like you're right. It's a, a high floor, low ceiling. How yeah. However, every year of you running that business, you're you're living a pretty nice life because right. I, I can guarantee you, like uh, you can go from zero to um, you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month in in your pocket. It's not that hard. Like it, it takes you know maybe six good clients, six like you know clients paying you three grand a month if you're really good at what you do. And it's not hard to get really good at what you do because you can follow this like simple formula. Number one, study the hell out of it. Number two, go work for the best in the game. Um, you know, or, or if you can't then go work for the second best or the third best, you know, then go work for the best. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're still going to get paid nice. You're not going to, you know, be stressed out. You're still going to be able to take on clients, um, outside of, of your work, right. You can take one or two like freelancing jobs and then you can eventually jump into that. So I know not a lot of people talk about this. Uh, everyone likes to talk about the revenue and, and, uh, no one's real enough to talk about the struggle. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. And this is kind of what I found. And, you know, Trivium, part of it was, yeah, like I, I was incredible at, uh, you know, doing PPC stuff. Like I, I love it. Uh, I love like the whole conferences and going on podcasts and meeting people like you and, and the dinners and all of this cool stuff. Like I love that aspect of the service-based business. I'm a, I'm a people person. I'm also a numbers person. And I, so I didn't mind working on my product, but Hey, you know, the, the fact that whatever I was bringing in, uh, like you could keep most of it. I was like, this sounds like a much better idea, not a much better idea, but, but this sounds like a much more reasonable way of like living where you can build something that you can live off of while you're building it. And then, uh, then I can be like very non-emotional about my brands and continue to grow them. And whatever money comes in, like whatever that gross profit is, I know that's my valuation. And then everything under that I can like spend on people and contractors and and better branding better products better this better that and and not be like oh damn like i need to pull an extra thousand a month so i can live off of rent and then live like you know live live like below my means for for so long because again that health thing right because you know if if uh if i if i had been hunkering down and and doing all this hard work and then got help hit with something like that and then you know never recovered from it then it's just I, you spend your life doing what, right? Your your memories are what, like not that fun. So that's kind of that's that's uh, my spiel right. living off your well, business. It's not a it's not a grim nature, but it's also a realistic nature. I think I think the education and and I'm appreciative of you coming on and talking about that topic because anyone can come on and you know talk about the the glories of the yeah. goods and the bads, but the realistic nature is, is at the end of the day, people still want to be profitable, walk away from their jobs that again, that they hated yeah. and again, that you paint the dream of, I want to be my own entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss, but then also I want to, I also want to have financial freedom. And again, it, it is hard work that that's not without question, but it's also, you want to have a better life for yourself and be able to pay yourself out. You don't want to have your your money tied up in inventory and marketing and stuff like that. But I don't want to be like 45 when I'm living off of like a half a million a year, you know, right. like I want to do it in the next like couple of years. And like, you know, that's why I did this. Like, you know, that's why I'm, I'm interested. This is one of the, yeah, yeah, it's one of the quickest scalable business models that now has been proven by exits and by helping people understand of 
you have a, you have a product or service or you know something that has value and everyone who is exiting these days is 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 better because of it is like you said the biggest payday you'll ever receive in your life and reinvest that into something else if you're truly an entrepreneur reinvest that into another passion product or build another brand and scale that Person's one too. like out. you said like what you're doing you're saying i'm gonna throw what was the number you said fifty thousand two hundred you 200, said something 000. crazy two hundred thousand yeah. dollars into a brand like crush it and then like build on that because now you have equity into yeah. being able to so do, do something it, like do that it while i'm enjoying my life not while i'm like you know kind of my getting gray hairs and like feeling <laughs> stressed like i can't you know i can't just go travel uh, and do something like fan i can't go to the maldives for a week because you know uh like i'm, I'm just waiting till i build my next thing and then i exit and then the next thing it's like you know living in that uh future if you ever read the power now right like he talks about like how the future is like kind of made up and only the now is what exists so i never i really always try and be like conscious of don't ever think that in the future is when your happiness is going to be or in the future when you get that payday is like when i'm going to be able to like live my life it's like i either can live it now or or like i'm losing that's it yeah well i mean i have uh we have to bounce because i already taken more than an hour of your time but sure. for people <laughs> for people who are uh curious they want to connect with you or follow you i know we've done it before i already linked out in the descriptions below of where they can find you but what's kind of like that quick you know 30 seconds you're looking forward to 2022 and how can they connect with you dude okay so first of all connect with me on instagram please at egyptian underscore prescription underscore allies i want to take those 30 seconds somewhat my mentor told me to share this um if you guys are in any community if you're an entrepreneur uh like me or like ryan and you're any in any community i urge you to uh go and like look at like maybe people in high school and college and try and give back a little bit so i've been doing these pizza i call it pizza and business dinners where i invite you know whatever 10 or 12 people in high school and in, in college and buy them pizza and then talk to them about all of the mistakes that i made and how they can avoid it and how they can have a lot more success i think um like it's a it's a very uh rewarding when you're giving back and it, it's definitely it's something it, it's good it's something everyone should be doing i i was doing it i didn't tell anyone and then my mentor said you should share this you have a platform you should encourage more people to do it so let's see if we can make a bigger impact and we can all the mistakes that i did when i was in college and, and all this stuff in high school if you can help these people avoid it that would be great so uh that's my 30 seconds go give back no it's awesome i like that it's it's something where i wish it's i could retroactively and give yeah pizza. give advice yeah, yeah pizza pizza. advice yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, that, that's good advice. But hey, thanks so much. I know you're busy. We were talking pre-show of all the events you're gonna be at, so I can't wait to meet up in person and connect. And can Amazing. good luck with the rest of the year. I know it's a busy time of year for you and the team, so uh, we'll be talking. I'm sure shortly. So thanks so much for hopping on today. You're the man. Thank you for having me, Ryan. No problem. Thanks, Amina. And again, thank you everyone else who is hopping on crossover commerce again. This is episode 199. Uh, we're going to do a really cool holiday edition. I, I'm just so thankful for people like Mina who are able to come on and share their thoughts and wisdom again and in just the educational space that we we have in this platform. So um, 200 is going to be on the 20th. Again, just want to give a quick shout out. Lots of girl, cool guests, uh, past friends of the show. Again, as always, I tell people, always friends of the show. They can come back anytime and uh, chat with me. We have an open ear policy here. We're here to listen. We're here to actively uh, just be thankful or thankful and think 
through everything that is said on this podcast. So super thankful for that. That being said, this is 199 of Crossover Commerce. Thank you, Mina, and of the Trivium Group. Go and check him out. And you can follow him on uh, Instagram at uh, Mina underscore Elias, um, the Egyptian uh, prescription. We have linked it out on all of our platforms. So go ahead and check that out. Again, thank you so much, Mina. And thank you, listener, who is hopping on Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on 200th episode of the season finale of Crossover Commerce. Take care.